Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. your faithfulness very, very much. How you doing, Brother David? I'm doing good, Pastor Don. Looking forward to the Bible study again. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, folks, tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter 12, and this is a stinging chapter in the book of Luke, as if most of them weren't, but this one is, this one is pretty stinging. The Lord gets down to the brass tacks on quite a few things, and as we get down uh, further in this chapter, and I'm sure we will get to it tonight, we're going to, after Friday night's um, program, we'll see if you learned anything at all. I hope, Lord willing, that you did, because I'm, we're going to go into a subject that you can only understand by applying this stuff, some of the techniques that I told you the other night, or tried to show you the other night. But anyway... Having said that, Brother David, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, Brother. Certainly. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight, and we thank you that we can take this time again to fellowship, to study your word, to honor you, to lift you up, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would teach us through Pastor Don, using the word of God, that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, even things that are separate from the message that Don's currently speaking, but things that the Holy Spirit would like to deal with us on, on a personal level, just coming from that word that he's teaching. And we pray tonight for growth in our spirit and desire to serve you. And we thank you for the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, and all the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I give thanks. Amen. 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 All right, Luke chapter 12, Brother David, you can go ahead and start with verse 1, brother. Okay. 12.1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Okay, let's just stop right there. All right, Luke begins this uh, this 12th chapter off with, In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people. Okay? Now, throughout the Gospels, you, the, it only, the Gospels record only so many healings. You know, the dumb made to speak, the lame walking, the, some of the dead raised. All right? The sick healed, the blind see, demons cast out. But you, as you, if you read the gist of all the Gospels, what they're trying to put forth is encapsulated in this right here, in this very first verse in Luke 12. It, there, there's an innumerable multitude there. In other words, what I'm saying is there were so many healings that the Lord did. He did so many miracles. That's the reason for the multitude. And we only have so many that can be recorded in the context of the Gospels. You have to see the flavor or the way it comes across. And this very first verse right here, it just stamps that, stamps what I'm saying, stamps a seal of approval on it. The Lord did many, many, many things. I mean, the last verse in the Gospel of John tells you. Well, just go there and read it, Brother David. The last verse in the Gospel of John. Okay. And the Lord, he, he heals so many people. And that's you. And the people were there for the healings. It's no different today, folks. Okay? If people were running around, if they're getting something being given out free, it's not that they, he had an innumerable amount of converts. It wasn't that way. The people were getting something for nothing. Human nature is no different today than it was then. Not one iota. Don't ever forget that, please. As long as you're with me, I won't let you forget it. All right, Brother Dave, if you would. John 21, 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen? There you go. Now, you you, you will see how... how I, I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say. That's what you call spiritual thing, one of the 
little bitty things of putting spiritual things with spiritual, line upon line, precept upon precept. You learn the truth about the Word of God. You learn the truth, and it didn't even have to tell you exactly in black and white what it was saying. You understand what I'm saying, Brother David? Is that clear? In reference to John twenty one twenty five. Yeah, in reference to yeah. what I said about the very first verse in Luke 12. Yes, yeah, it, it's, you know, they go together perfectly, of course and, go together. And, and it describes it like there were many miracles that the apostles weren't aware of, so they couldn't even record them if they knew, because all over the place in meetings like that, people are sponta- spontaneously being touched by the Holy Ghost. And some of them are, are being touched by Jesus, but G- Jesus didn't touch everyone who got healed. So there was things going on all around, and not everything was recorded, and they didn't even know about it maybe until later, or maybe they never even heard about them. Okay, now let's just think about it and just, I understand what you said, just think about this one thing. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't a lot of miracles going on, there wouldn't be a lot of people there. Exactly. Amen. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Second part of verse 1. Okay. Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. That's pretty plain. The religious leaders, whether they be Israelite or Jew, were hypocrites. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And then the Lord goes into verse 2. Go ahead, brother. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid, that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Absolutely. You believe that, folks? Think about what he just said. You believe it? Hmm? Do you? Really believe it? Think he was joking? Hmm? Think back the last five, six years. What you've said. What you've done in darkness. You really believe the book? You really you really and truly believe this old book? Think the Lord's telling the truth? Does it does it cause you to fear the Lord that much more? Hmm? Or you want to go along with this slop out here, this love, 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 love till it's sickening. Like he's a neutered like we got a neutered father that doesn't have two parts to his nature. Yeah, he's a god of love. He sure is. And I thank I thank his holy name for it. But he's also a god of wrath. And a God of judgment. Everybody loves it. Loves to hear about the love of God. But nobody likes to hear about his judgment. And nobody likes to talk about his wrath. See. He's an even kill. Our father is even kill. The Lord Jesus Christ is even. Though he was lowly Jesus meek and mild. He's also the King of Kings and Lord of Lords with his vesture dipped in blood in the book of Revelation. 
So don't get caught up in this God's just going to love and forgive. And yes, he is all that. But he's also all the other as well. And unless you keep an even keel and a moderate way of looking at this and looking at both sides and applying it the way it should be applied, you'll wind up in the wrong, you'll wind up going the wrong way. Wisdom, wisdom, folks. Wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So think about it. You believe what you said in the dark is going to be brought into light. See? The Pharisees were putting on a show. The leaven of the Pharisees. Hypocrisy. They're running around, strutting around in long robes, making long prayers. Saying how holy they were. Yet they were the one that killed all the prophets. Later on, Christ said they're like dead men's bones, whited sepulchers. Surely that's not the way we are. That's not the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to let our yea be yea and our nay be nay. We don't put on some front to try to convince somebody else we're something we're not. You may convince other folks that you're wonderful, great, you're holy. Oh, you hallelujah, glory to God. But when you lay down at night, and if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you know good and well what you are on the inside. See? A lot more to this thing than meets the eye. It's something to think about. Next verse, brother. Verse 4. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Absolutely. That's that's in a quick way. It's exactly what I just got through saying. Yeah, he's a God of love. God is love. Yes, we know that. People love the epistles of John, and they love the gospel of John. God is love. But this is the Father manifest in the flesh, telling you ought to have. You better have a healthy fear. Why? Because you think you get away with something, you're not getting away with nothing. You know, if you if you, if you if the spirit of God doesn't dwell in you, you 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 wind up in this, this what he just got through saying. You fear him that can that can destroy your body and then throw you in hell. All right. The spirit of God dwells in you. You fear the terror of the Lord of the judgment seat of Christ, where everything you you put on a show for goes up in smoke, and you suffer loss. But you yourself are saved because you're a child of the king. That fear is still there. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade man. Read verse 4 and 5 again, brother. 
And these things that Jesus is saying are spoken to his students, his disciples. These aren't just the whole crowd in general or mm-hmm. his enemies. Yep. But he's addressing his d- disciples. Yes, crowd I, I, what Brother David is saying right here, I want you folks to remember his words again. I want you to tell them again, Brother David. I'm glad you said what you just said. Go ahead and say it one more time. Okay, this address that Jesus Christ is making is to his students, his very own disciples. He's not addressing the crowd, although the crowd is hearing it. But he's teaching his own students right here. And so he's not speaking to his enemies or people in general who are just semi-interested in him. These are his followers. Okay, now while Brother David said that, he's spot on because it's going to play a big part and what I was telling you earlier that we're going into as we get further down in this chapter. Don't forget what Brother David just said. And when we get down there, think that Brother Don just pulled it out of right field. Keep that in mind. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Keep what he said in mind. Continue on, brother. Verse 4. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Y'all believe that? You believe, you believe what he just said? Believe the hairs on your head are numbered? <laughs> See, oh, well, there's a big difference in just reading the book and believing the book, isn't there? That old, that our old hearts with that unbelief that we have to deal with all the time, it's, it's rough, isn't it? Oh, Thomas, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. We fall into that category on a regular basis, don't we? The words just ring hollow sometimes to us, and then sometimes they hit home to the heart. Faith, folks, the just shall live by faith. You believe he cares for more for us, for us than he does sparrows? Keep in mind what Brother David got through telling you just a few minutes ago, folks. Write it down. Because <laughs> I'm fixing to show you a big deal when we get further on down here. Continue on, brother. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. Yeah, amen. Brother Kevin saw some of my bunch where I'm from preaching this past week uh, yesterday on the street corners in Pensacola. They do it every every year. We did it when I went to Bible college over there. We preached on the streets. All the corners in Pensacola is covered over there on Saturdays while school when school is on. Um, is out. 
and they'll stop doing it whenever school starts back over in Pensacola around September the 3rd. Those guys were confessing Christ before men. See, a lot of you folks think, oh, I shouldn't do that. No, I can show it with my life. I can I can tell them about Jesus by the way I live. Yeah, you can. That's not what Jesus said, though, did he, Brother David? <laughs> no, he said confess. That's it. That's it. That's right. And that's what Paul says in Romans 10, too. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart God hath raised him from the dead. See? Go ahead, brother. Verse 9. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Mm. Well, that's just not in my personality about Brother Don. I, I just don't talk much. I'm not the one that wrote these red letters down. Brother Don is not the Holy Spirit. Okay? I'm not the one that said this. You ever get around folks sometimes on a, and there'll be a something on the inside that'll say, you need to talk to this person? Something, in other words, there's, um, if the, folks, if what I'm saying now has never risen down inside of you, you need to be checking up on yourself. And I say this with all reverence and all sincerity, and all humility. But if what I'm telling you right now has never happened to you, you know, you better be checking it. You better apply 2 Corinthians 5.13, or 15.5, I forget exactly. I think it's 13.5.15. You better apply that to yourself. Because be, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to reproduce kind after kind. Not only materially, fleshly, but also spiritually. Can you imagine what would have happened to the gospel message if everyone would have kept their mouth shut? Do you think anybody would know anything just by looking at something? You see, they go together, folks. Because you got a lot of that, and see, I, on, the, on the flip side of the coin, you got some people out there be running their mouth about the Lord Jesus all the time and are wicked as hell. That, it doesn't, isn't that a paradox? See, if you understand, if you understand the book, that, that shouldn't surprise you at all. If you understood the book of Romans, especially Romans 7, that would not even faze you. You would, know, you would be saying, amen, yes, I know, I've seen that. It's happened in you. It, it's even happened in my life. You would be saying that, say, if you understood the book and believed what it said. There's flip sides to this stuff, folks. And you read, you read it. Uh, Thus say, do so and so. Well, the flip side says, if you tells you if you don't do it, you in a world of hurt. 
That's why you always hear me using that phrase, the flip side. Because there is a flip side. He that confesses me before men, him will I confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men. See, he said deny. Well, there's no way you'd deny, I'd deny him. Is that right? Thomas walked with him for three years and denied him. Peter denied him. They all left him in his hour of need. Just like the Apostle Paul. All of Paul's ministry, people coming in right and left. He had Timothy, you know, Demas, all these people. Trophimus, Luke, all these folks with him. Barnabas, Silas. In the end, they all forsook him but one, and that was Luke. You can deny the Lord many ways. In this context here, it's talking about with the mouth. All right? Yeah, I, 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 I always go back to this, and I'm going to say it one more time. I'll probably say it one more time, 50 million more times, until I quit breathing probably. As long as I'm teaching, I'm going to say this. You need to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. So you can evaluate your own self. You need to read and you need to read and see what real true Christian brethren, brothers and sisters did when it came to denying and confessing the Lord before men. I I could beg and plead, you know, I, I I'm 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 holding off, but I've done it one time before. I think we went 20 minutes on air. But I'm ho I'm just about made up my mind that I'm going to play about three chapters of real-life Christian brothers and sisters that set forth the examples for us that we should listen to, take heed to, and evaluate our own selves because, folks, as sure as I'm sitting here in this chair, it's coming again. Where you'll have an opportunity and if you're not in if you're if you're not doing it now when there's no persecution, what in God's green earth makes you think that you will do it when there is persecution? If you can't take it when the sun's shining, you sure ain't gonna take it when the rain and lightning's falling. Verse 10, brother. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And when they bring you unto the synagogues, and unto magistrates, and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer. Or what ye shall say, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Okay, now there are some, this is where I depart company from 
some of the other one of the other brothers out there that taught that this was the unpardonable sin. He taught that Luke eleven and twelve was the unpardonable sin. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who it was. It was what's the old gray haired man's name that taught TV for so long, Brother David Dom, that just died last year. Oh, shoot, I can't think of his name right off my tip of my tongue. Arnold Murray. Oh, okay. Ar- Arnold Murray. He taught, he taught, and his son Dennis, which I like, I, I, I like Brother Murray's teaching, but this is for a party company. He, he taught that this was the unpardonable sin. Well, if you just took this one book of the Word of God, this gospel, you could you could make a case for that. But if you go and like I was telling y'all Friday night, take the unpardonable take this uh forgiven by the Holy Ghost uh, shall not be forgiven this unpardonable sin and run the other references like we've done and see the other places where it occurs, there is no mention of this the Holy Ghost will show you what to say and don't take no thought for what you shall say. This is the place it occurs. It doesn't occur in Matthew, Mark, or John. This is the only place it occurs. There's not a double witness for it is what I'm saying. In the other places where it talks about unforgiveness, the, um, the, the sin of unforgiveness, the unpardonable sin, it's called saying Jesus Christ has a devil, but to be able to do that, he has to be present on this earth. And this is where I part company from Arnold Murray. In case some of you out there happen to have said under his teaching, you've heard him teach this, okay? I don't believe he's right for the very reason I just got through telling you. There's not dual witness for it, okay? On such an important thing like this and all the other places, Christ is talking about when he's literally here, somebody saying that he has an unclean spirit. That's what the other context say. Anyway. Go ahead, brother. But but on another note, this is something you should pay close attention to because he's just got through talking about confessing him before men. All right. And then he goes into this, so it's got something to do with it. And just like I got through ranting, all right, about practicing now. Hey, it's tough. I never... I'm going to depart for just a second like I'm bad about doing. But I remember the first time I ever preached in public, okay? You talking about somebody scared to death. You talk, you, you thinking, I don't believe a word of that. You would never be scared to talk. Yes, I was. Absolutely petrified. Didn't, I, I, I never will forget. <laughs> I never will forget, publicly was in Pensacola, Florida, down in front of a couple of bars. I can't think of the name of them. It was about 1 o'clock on a Saturday. And us preacher boys were getting in line. You know, we were, we one, there was about 10 of us, and one would preach for about 10 minutes and, and then get down. And anyway, I kept making my way to the back of the line. <coughs> Excuse me. Because I was petrified. But I can tell you one thing, and I can say this for sure, and know that I'm telling you the God honest truth. If you get over that fear about confessing him before men, 
it'll start, it'll be natural with you. All right? I remember preaching right after the first, just after the first words come out, then all that scare, all that nervousness, all that anxiety is gone. And then after a few times, the anxiety doesn't play any part. On personal witnessing, it's a personal thing. You, all kind of stuff comes into your mind. Well, you think, well, what will they think about me? Well, what will the Father think about you if you don't, see? If the Spirit of God inside of you is, is twinking you, I need to talk to this person. Folks, you know if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you know I'm telling you the truth. You've had that desire. You, on the inside, that little, that still small voice. Like talk to Elijah back in 2 Kings. That still small voice says, you need to talk to this person about the Lord. You know I'm telling you the truth, folks. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind because, like I said, the Lord gets on down here and he brings in this thing about not taking any thought for what you're supposed to say, but the Holy Ghost will give you what you're supposed to say in that day. Better think about that. Like I said, if you can't do it when the sun's shining, you sure ain't going to do nothing. Whether the Holy Ghost tells you to or not, when the thunder and lightning's coming, when the persecution comes raining in. Verse 13, Brother David. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. <laughs> what a character, eh? Oh, this yeah. Guy right in the middle of Jesus <laughs> preaching this serious stuff, and he brings up his money business. Uh, that sounds familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people do it for years. Absolutely. We'll get into this money thing shortly. Go ahead. Verse 14, and he said unto him, Man, who made me judge or a divider over you? <laughs> That's funny if you think about it, man. Who made me a judge or divider over you? Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Verse 15, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Wow. He did. He did all the dividing he needed to do right there if this guy was honest with himself and not worried about his division of the inheritance. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses, or possesseth. Folks, this is one of the, in today's modern materialistic world, in our white capitalist society, capitalistic society, this is one of the, one of the, the most prevalent sins. in a child of God's life. You want to make people mad? Start talking about money. They'll let you talk about their other sin all they want to. You start talking about money, they'll shut you down. 
They can't stand it. It tells all about this is St. Francis of Assisi. I'm sure most of you have heard of him. He said this was the only, he had every kind of sin imaginable confessed unto him. He was a Catholic guy, but this is what he said. He had every kind of sin people would confess to him, but this is one he never, ever had in confession. What does that tell you? Hey, Brother Don's on to something. Oh, I know I'm on to something. I ain't got to get your approval on it at all because the Word of God's plain about it. The Lord's going to give another example coming up shortly. All right? And I'll show you. I'll be a little bit more poignant about what I'm talking about. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the thing, in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And folks, let me tell you something else. The poor man is just as guilty as hell of this as a person that has something. The moral of the story is it's supposed to be the Lord and the Lord's first, then you last. See, that's what you don't like, I don't like, nobody likes. But that's the order of things. And until you get those things in order, you're always going to have trouble. We're fixing to run into an old guy. He's going to give another example. But go turn to first... Um, Timothy chapter six. Let's get some. Let's get some um, second and third witnesses on this. Okay, First Timothy six. Um, in the Strong's uh, for the definition of covetousness, it says greedy desire to have more, covetousness, avarice. So you, you know, I think a lot of people they don't even recognize that they have that. That's what. Uh, that's the reason we're going to these other, uh, other. Um, Companion verses, brother, because it makes it very plain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a great. See, and the Lord's going to give an example in just a minute of a guy. And this you're going to say, "Huh, that's not me." Well, I'll show you some stuff when I get there. But right now, in First Timothy chapter six, start about verse. Um, let me go over there with you, brother. Uh, I think it starts in about verse nine, where Paul is talking about money. Ah, uh, yes. Verse 9, but they that will be rich. Yeah, go a little bit above that. Okay. Uh, about verse 6. I hadn't got there yet. Yes, that sounds good. Okay, go ahead. But godliness with contentment is great gain. There you go. Godliness, see, godliness with contentment is great gain. What does the verse above that say, brother? Verse 5. With food and raiment, therewith let us be content. Right? Uh, no. Sorry. It says perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds okay. and destitute of truth. Okay, he was talking about uh, slave-master relationship. Keep on going. It's coming up. I still haven't got there. Go ahead. And Supposing go. that gain is godliness. Yep. Oh, I can't tell you the number of folks in Christian churches that think because they have great jobs and two... Houses and a cottage and three cars in the garage that God's just blessing them because they're so good. 
That's right, brother. And we've got we've got some we've got a bunch of folks in our persuasion. It's the same way, brother. Trust me. I deal anyway. Just go ahead. Keep on reading. Okay. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Read those two verses again, brother, and understand what he just said, and listen to it close. Go ahead. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Okay, now Paul tells you that about we brought nothing into this world, all this material stuff, but that you can't carry none of that with you. But let me show you the reason he talked about godliness. Later on, he tells you in Galatians that bodily exercise profit littleth. Okay? But godliness is profitable unto all men. Not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. In other words, you your godliness affects the next life on the other side after you take your last breath here. The godliness comes back in to help you on the other side. You can carry that with you. In contrast to what Paul just said, you can't carry nothing material with you. It's an inward thing. It's a spiritual thing. Or if um, the tattered flag was there, he would be saying it was a Zen Buddhist thing. <laughs> no, it's a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them for they're spiritually discerned. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Continue reading, brother. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Now, as Paul saying, all you got that that the only thing you should have is a plate of food and some rags on your back. That's not what Paul's saying. Okay, continue reading, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Go ahead, brother. Verse, verse nine. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Now see, our persuasion wants to immediately jump to the bankers and immediately jump to the Jew, which is true. But what about you? What application does this have to you and me? You don't... Listen, it's like I was telling brother this morning. The only thing you've got any influence over is your personal sphere of influence. That's it. That's why it's personal now, folks. You 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 got to take care of your sphere of influence. That's the only way you could possibly have anything to do on the influence of anyone else outside your sphere of influence. That's why it's personal now. It's not national. You get a bunch of folks taking care of their sphere of influence, then it gets bigger and it will become national. But what you've got today is a bunch of people pointing fingers and living like hell. Spinning their wheels. 
Continue reading, brother. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They didn't. They folks are not lost. Okay, they're not lost. They've erred in the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The, but godliness with contentment is great gain because it's not only profitable now in your sphere of influence, but it's also profitable in the world to come, in the life to come, and after this breath, is, it, it, it goes over. It goes into the reward section. It goes into the money you spend on the other side, see. You want to talk about money. You better be, be laying up treasure that, that, take, that, that affects you on the other side instead of your worldly, fleshy, lusty self here in this world. A hundred years from now, these kind of words will ring in your ears. You'll remember this word of God. This kind of stuff will ring in your ears a hundred years from now if it's not obeyed. I know it will. Why? He just got through telling you back over here. And look, we'll turn to Hebrews 13, brother. Let's okay. just get another third witness on this stuff, Okay. Well, Paul, give us another witness. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. All right, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Okay, that's your manner of life. That's what that word conversation means. That's your manner of life. Okay, be without covetousness. Go ahead, brother. And be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen. Back to Luke 12. Verse 10. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him, but unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. And one of the company said unto him, Master, Oh, we just read that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That's okay. Just continue on, brother. I wonder why I thought 10. Anyway, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to me, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth, and he spake a parable unto them. Okay. He, he says, he's speaking a parable unto them. Now, what has he just got through being taught? He just got through talking about covetousness. Now, he, he backs it up with a parable. Go ahead, brother. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, 
the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to oh, bestow well, my fruits. Stop right here. I want, I'm on, I'm, I want you to listen when Brother David reads this. And I want you guys to tell me what sticks out at you the most about what he gets when he gets to reading this. What what is more prevalent and, and sticks out about this parable? Go ahead and read it, brother. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then those who shall, then though, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. Okay. What sticks out most to you about this guy? I can tell you what he's not. He's not an adulterer. The Lord doesn't say he's an adulterer. The Lord doesn't say that he's the murderer, or he doesn't say that he's a bad guy. Probably an upstanding citizen. Probably got a very nice home. Probably a pretty good guy. Probably good to his neighbor. Probably. More than likely. I didn't see nothing bad. He didn't do anything wrong to get what he had. He deserves it, doesn't he? I deserve my labor. Yes. I've got it honest. I've kept the Ten Commandments. I've done it all. See? You see, he's got perpendicular iotis. He's got a disease which runs rampant among our people today. You never heard of that perpendicular iotis? <laughs> no, I didn't. That's his disease. You see that eye that pops up all yes. the time? And, That's and what he, that perpendicular is. He speaks only to himself here. Only it's my and me and I and my, me, my, I. And at one point his soul even has a capital S on it. There you go. Hey, who's the capital in his life? There you go. That's 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 that's, that's, that's his problem, folks. And that's all that runs rampant. Just like covetousness rampant runs rampant, folks, and I'm telling you right this second, you don't have to be wealthy to commit the same thing. That's what the Lord's telling you in the very last part of this parable. See, you've been taught that you, the laborers, are worthy of his reward. See, that part's true. You've got to understand it all. Worthy of the reward, absolutely. As long as the reward is done done with the reward, what's supposed to be done with it? That's exactly what the Lord says in the last part of the parable. I'm not making this stuff up. A lot of, you know why a lot of people's um, poor? Because they won't give to God, and God would make them rich. And I'm not talking about Benny Hand stuff, okay? 
Folks, we're rich. We're so rich and increased with goods today. We're more than rich. We're rich. We're so rich, we make God sick. This is the Laodicean church period. They ain't a single swinging soul under the sound of my voice that is hungry of his own, that is, that is hungry by chalk. But you're, if you're hungry, it's because you haven't opened your mouth. If you're in need, I'm talking about need. I didn't say want. The Lord will take care of you, but you take care of the Lord first. It's always, he's got to come first, folks. He comes first before your family. He comes first before you, your family, or anybody. He has to be that, the master of your life. And see, you may think, you may think that everything's wonderful. You may think, oh, I've got these blessings from God. Oh, the Lord's blessed, like Brother David said a while ago. Uh, you think that what are blessings are wind up, they're going to be curses. And like I said before, I've seen as many poor people commit this sin as I have people that have money. I've seen people that had a lot of money that were clean and clear on this one thing. And that's why I'm harping on it so much. Perpendicular itis. Don't let that be you. Test God. Prove me, saith the Lord. Prove him. Prove the Lord. See if he's a liar. Hey, he's the one making the promises. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, well, I won't put that on the Lord. I'll just take care of myself. That's your problem. That was the problem with the I wills of Isaiah 14. I will ascend. I will be like the Most High. I will. He had the perpendicular aetis too. Is aetis Latin? I don't know what it is, brother. Do you spell it I-A-T-U-S? Whatever, brother. I don't know how to spell it. Okay. I was going to check it out there. That's a southern thing, brother. Oh, is it? It may not. Yeah, it may not. It probably oh, ain't in no odd dictionary. <laughs> oh, it, it's more like jargon or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, folks, you need to think about this. I'm, we're going to go on, but you need to pray about this one because this runs rampant among our people. Like I said. St. Francis of Assisi said he had every sin imaginable confessed before him from murder right on down, but never had once anybody confessed the sin of covetousness. Now you just think about that. Continue on, Brother David. Paul did. That's right. He confessed it. And he said unto his Yeah, but he didn't confess to St. Francis of Assisi. (laughs) Certainly not, sir. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, 
neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The, the life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Amen. And, Go back up and read verse 22 again, brother. Okay. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. Now, now, folks, listen, listen. The Lord's not saying that you're not, you're supposed to go sit down on the street corner like a bum and expect everything to be done. That's not what, surely to goodness, your, your mind's not that out of whack, all right? That's not what he's saying. Everything that he's going to say here, the key is going to be faith toward God and obedience toward the Father. That's what he's trying to say. Putting everything into perspective. Let your moderation be known among all men. And see, I know how your nature is. Your nature will take that and run with it and push it to the extreme. I know human nature. I've been guilty of it myself. We always find a way to justify our own sin. We will find a way. And what we're good at denouncing and what we're good at putting down, that's what we'll put forth. That's the, that's the clothes we'll put on and shine. Well, I don't do that. Oh, that's not me. See, it may that part may not be you, but what you do have trouble with, you'll keep it. You'll take, you'll take a shovel and you'll keep it in. You'll keep throwing dirt on top of it, see? So the Lord's not saying you're supposed to run around naked and just like I said a while ago, have one plate of food and rag on your back. That's not what he's saying. It's the heart condition. It's all about the heart. It's always about the heart. Because out of the heart's where all the wickedness comes from. Continue, brother. Yeah, and I remember one old preacher back in the 1800s. He was a plumber, and he put on a suit every day when he went out. Sharp <laughs> dressed. Yeah. And he said that because he represented Jesus Christ, and he was a preacher, an ambassador of Christ, Yep. And he was going to represent Christ and put his best, best foot forward. Amen. So you see, like like what you said, it's the attitude of the heart. It's the he attitude of the heart, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. He wasn't putting the suit on because he wanted to look like he's better than everybody else and because, you know, right. he wants people to think he's rich or something. That's correct, but, brother. That's a perfect example, and that's, a, that's I'm glad you brought that in. And that's absolutely true. It's all a part of the heart. And when we get to Luke chapter 6, I'll just quote it, Luke 16, 15. This goes right with what Brother David just got got through saying. Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your heart, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You see, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. It's from the heart, folks. It's from the heart. But don't let it stay in the heart. It should come out in fruit from your members. It should there's, it should bear fruit. It shouldn't just stay in the heart. 
Go ahead, Brother David. Keep on. Okay, verse 23. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? Rhetorical question. Absolutely not one cubit. Go ahead, brother. If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. There you go. And everybody with their facelifts and their flashy clothes and their expensive suits and all this stuff, pompous puke. All the women, I'm not saying women shouldn't wear them. I'm not, I'm not, I don't go down that, that alley, okay? I didn't say that. Man, a little makeup never hurt nobody. Some folks need it, okay? <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't saying that they don't. I'm just saying. Boils down, if you're spending more money on yourself, especially this flesh, which is going right back to the dirt where it come from, if you're spending more money on that, and are you spending more money on yourself or something you love than you are on the one you're supposed to love the most, you're out of kilter and you're just guilty as hell. Period. Simple. That's just the way it is. You like it, lump it. I don't care. Period. That's the way it is. You love your kids. You love your wife more than you do God. You're guilty. Simple. He's the one. He's your creator. He's supposed to be your first love. Remember, that's what was wrong with the Ephesian church. They did. They had the doctrine right. They kicked out the false pro- They obeyed the Apostle Paul to the letter, except for one. For one thing, they lost their first love. They lost their first love. I'm telling you, folks, that's what will get you through when nothing else will. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 28. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather, I, I, I have seen this. I've seen the Lord come through in times, folks, when you would have never, you would not have dreamed in a million years He'd come through. Am I saying you're supposed to sit on your can and let God do everything? Absolutely not. I reiterate that again. That's not what. That's not the lesson the Lord's trying to teach here. He's trying to teach priority. And that's all Brother Don is saying is your priorities need to be in order. If your priorities are out of kilter, then your spiritual life is out of kilter. Plain and simple. That's the lesson the Lord's trying to get across here. Go ahead, Brother. Luke twelve thirty one. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Yeah, bingo. Did, did, did you think I was making it up? That's the lesson. 
Verse 31 gives you the lesson of what he just got through saying. Your priorities have to be right. Because if your love's right, if your love's in the proper place, then your priorities will be in the proper place. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, If any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, or a curse till he come. And like I've told you a million and one times, that's phileo love. That's not agape love. That's a personal love like you'd love your wife or love a friend. That's that kind of love. Continue, brother. Okay. Verse 31. Verse 31. 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I was just thinking of a verse that's why I kind of delayed the verse. Okay. Uh, it, Paul says, the uh, kingdom of God does not exist in meat nor drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy. In yeah, that's, that's that's the kingdom of God. And, yeah. the thing, and the Lord put it, and he'll, we'll get to it later on in Luke, when he's talking to the Pharisees, and he tells them, hey guys, you, the, the kingdom of God is not come with observation. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, if you could ever get some of our brethren out there to understand the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, then you could get some of your doctrines straight. But no, no, no. They think it's the same thing. When it ain't, it's never been further from that. It's as far as night and day. One's a spiritual kingdom. One's a literal, physical, visible kingdom. End of story. And I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll go to bat with any of them. They're liars. They do not understand the word of God. I'm not saying they're lying on purpose. I didn't mean it like that. It's because they won't study to show themselves approved, okay? Plain and simple. And, it, and I'm not holding any of you accountable for that because there's none of you claiming to be teachers, okay? I'm holding them accountable. Their feet to the fire for it, not yours. So I just want to get that straight. Continue on, brother. Verse 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in, in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. Yeah, just like Paul says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Like back, <laughs> uh, why is it they want to teach everything but the truth? Why is it they want to? It's all materialistic hogwash. Why is it? It's, it's all about the now and now. Why isn't it moderate? Why isn't it both? I don't have to answer that question. If you've got spiritual sense, you know why. Go ahead, brother. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Bingo. Goes right along with the priority thing. Folks, it, you don't have to set in judgment on nobody. You can, I, you've heard me mention before, you can talk to people for a while, and you can hear about their life. You don't have to judge them. They judge their own self by their own words and their actions. Where the treasure is, there will the heart be also. Period. I 
All right. Go ahead, brother. Go There's ahead. that flip side there, too. Absolutely. That you about. That's right. A lot of people have that greed, and their treasure's in the bank. Brother, that's I thought First that. Manhattan <laughs> Chase. I, I, yeah, I thought I'd pretty well drove that nail home, but amen. Hit it again. Yeah. <laughs> Hit it again. Go ahead. So their heart's there with that treasure instead of with the Lord, and it's so sad. Verse yes, 35. It, yes, it is, brother. Go ahead. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. Okay, now we're coming up to where I told you you better get your pen and pencil down. We're going to get to this. We're, going, we're finally going to get to it here in verse 36. Now remember what I told you, what Brother David said a while ago. Keep it in mind. Do you remember what he said? I'll reiterate it. He told you that what the Lord's talking to his disciples. That was back up there. Ain't no different here. As a matter of fact, he's talking. He, one of his disciples is going to pop up and even ask him, are you talking to us or somebody else, Lord? That's what's going to happen. Now, I want you to pay close attention because this right here is key. This is key. This is key. You got to get it. You got to get it. Go ahead, brother. Luke twelve thirty six, And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. That whoop, when he cometh, stop, stop. When he what? Return from the wedding. Wedding. Mm. What wedding? The bride. Uh, ooh, really? The hey, folks, you you in the chat room? Write this down, Sister Lenita. Write this down. You want a nugget? You're fixing to get one. The Lord's coming back from a marriage. But he's talking to his disciples. Remember, Brother David told you that earlier, and I told you not to forget it. Continue reading, brother, and we'll come back. I want you to finish what he says here, and we'll come back to verse 36 in a second. Continue on. When he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants. Whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? Oh! Go back to verse 36 now, brother. Let's start this again. I'll show you folks how important words are. I, and here I go again, like I was Friday night. One word John, can make it, yes. If if you will, let me ask this question before you go into that. Sure, go ahead, brother, guess, ask it. Guess 6 asks if you were saying that it would be wrong to have a savings in regards to that other topic. Would absolutely not. No, 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 no. It's priority, folks. 
you, you missed the point. The Lord told you what the point was. Back up there earlier. Just keep your thought, Brother David, on this. Let me answer that question. Yes, six. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with a savings account. There's something wrong with a savings account if you don't give God's what God's. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sin, absolutely. It's, it's wrong. You got a savings account. You don't take care of God's business first. Absolutely. Yes, it's wrong. Because priority's not right. The priority's right and have all the savings accounts you want. Two or three of them. IRAs. You have, you have, if you're not taking care of God's business first, absolutely wrong. Yes. There's your answer. And that's not my opinion. That's what the Lord just got through telling you. That's not, that's not uh, private interpretation. The Scripture interpreted itself. The Lord told you what he meant. That's the reason for the long discourse. Then he gave you the punchline. Anything else, Guess 6? No, they, they said they just thought you meant that it was wrong altogether. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, uh-uh, not at all. <coughs> but, but on the same token, on the same token, like I said earlier, if you were listening to what I said, I know how our people are. See, they'll make excuses and claim that they're doing such and such for the Lord. Ain't doing squat. You know, saving account don't mean you with $100,050 to God. That's not what that means. You can see, that like I say, you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, that's the nitty-gritty. God has to be taken care of first because he's supposed to be number one in your life. Absolutely nothing wrong with a savings account. No, not at all. Not if the priority's right. There's quite a few places in scriptures that tell you to save. One of them's in Proverbs. That look to the ant, old that, sluggard. That's, as a matter of fact, that's one of the that's one of the only ones, brother, by the way. Um, well, yeah, and then Jesus said about if you plan on building a house that you count the costs and you see if you've saved up the cost to build sure. that house. Sure. And there's other things, but the the thing is about having a savings account, it's totally like what what you said, where is who are you trusting in? God or mammon? Brother, go back up. Let's just go back and let the Lord do it one more time. I, I see. What did I tell y'all when we started talking about covetousness? Huh? What, what did I say? It was. Didn't I say it was going to rub somebody wrong? I mean, I, how did I know that? Because that's where the bottom line is, folks. <laughs> that's that's our people. You live in a covetous world. You live in a consumer-driven world. Amen. It was not. It's, it's no mystery. I knew it was going to rub somebody the wrong way. And it's not that I'm smart. It got nothing to do with Brother Don. Go back and read what the Lord, how he kept this thing off, Brother David. I just wanted to say one thing, and that is that it's good to, to save, but uh, I wouldn't have a savings account, but that's another story. <laughs> Keeping your money in a bank nowadays is oh, yeah, not I, a good I, idea. That, that's totally a different ball game, brother. Yes, it sure is. Anyway, so I should go back to verse 36. Yeah, where the Lord where the Lord ties it all together, and He t- says about being rich toward God. Oh yes, for um, sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay. Let's go back down here and get into this uh, these funny doctrines. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, yes. Can't wait. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? Okay, go back to verse 36 and start reading again, and I'll show y'all. Okay. And ye yourself like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. Okay, now we'll just stop right there. When he returns from the wedding, turn to Second Corinthians chapter 11 and read verse 1 and 2. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one and two. Yes, okay. Now folks, write this right down. Here's what I want you to do. After what I taught you Friday night, I want you to write down these words and I want you to study this out for yourself and then you'll un- then we should be on the same page. All right? I want you to write bride, bridegroom, marriage, church. I want you to write those words down. I want you to get out your concordance, and I want you to study. I want you to go through the scriptures, and I want you to study everywhere those words appear. All right? And in context, where they appear, who it's talking to. All right? So go ahead and read, brother. Okay. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly. And indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that okay. I may... Pres- well, that, I'm a husband. Oh, to be a husband, you got to have a bride, right? Amen. Okay, keep on reading, brother. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Okay, a chaste virgin to Christ, a bride. All right, turn to John 3, brother. Keep that in mind, folks. Keep that in mind. Remember what Brother David told you originally. Remember what he's talking about here. Peter's confused. Let's see about old John the Baptist. See how can see what Brother John had to say about this, old John the Baptist. Chapter 3, let me see. I, forget. I think it's verse 6, brother. Verse 30, Uh, verse 30, verse 30. Ah, yes. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. The speaker is John the Baptist, folks. He must decrease, he must increase, but I must decrease. Go back a few more verses ahead of that. Verse 28, brother. Mm -hmm. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. Okay. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. Okay. Remember, back here in verse 36, back in Luke, that the Lord's coming from a marriage. Okay. Don't forget that. You know, marriages happen, you know, when bride and and, and bridegroom get married. (laughs) Anyway, continue reading, brother. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Okay. John is saying 
He is a friend of the bridegroom. Paul told you in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, that he wanted to present the church as a chaste virgin to Christ, as the bride. Now, before we go any further, let me ask you a question. If John is not part of the bride, he by his own mouth says he's not. If Paul tells you that he he said Paul, uh, John says he is the friend of the continue reading in John first where John says he's a friend of the bridegroom, brother. Yes. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth there you greatly go. Be- keep on, keep on. Because of the bridegroom's voice. There you go. My joy, therefore, is fulfilled. Amen. John is a friend of the bridegroom. You cannot... Okay, Paul is the one, the best man. He's giving the bride away. Turn to Revelation 22, brother. Okay. This is why I taught you guys the difference. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to do this to get your doctrine correct. Revelation chapter 22, let's watch how this comes down. Verse 1? No, 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 no. Uh Uh-uh. It's toward the end of the book, brother. I'll find it and I'll tell you. Let me get over there to it. It's where Christ starts talking right there at the end. And behold, I come quickly. Uh, verse 16. Okay. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Okay. Let's stop right there. Who are they saying come to? Who is the bride and the Spirit, Jesus Christ, started the conversation. Verse 16, and he says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let's see who he's talking to. Continue on, brother. And let them, let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Okay. Do you understand what you just read? The bride is separate from the ones they're talking to. The bride and the bridegroom are separate bunch. Just like they're separate bunch from the friend. The friend is not the bride. The best man is not the bride. The bride is the church, folks. They're different. They're different. It's different. It's different. I'm telling you, things that are different are not the same. That's why you have to divide this book. There is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. Just like there's a difference between us and that bunch in Ezekiel chapter 40 through 48. I've done taught it. I'm not going to teach it again tonight. We'll be here for three or four hours. (laughs) There's a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. Peter understood it. Go back to Luke now, brother. Okay. 
Okay, so we stop at verse 36. Mm-hmm. Just restart verse 36 and go through it again. Okay. And ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? Now won't you see what the Lord's answer was that, or his lack of answer is more like it. Go ahead, brother, verse 42. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? To make ruler over who, Brother David? Over his household. Turn to Second Timothy chapter 2. Okay. Okay, I'm there. Second Timothy chapter two. I want you to go down there to where it says this is a faith. Uh, this is um, faithful saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll find it. Let me get over there to it. Uh, uh, Twenty uh, eleven. Yeah, started verse eleven, brother. It is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. For one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's how important being in Christ is, folks. Like I told you all the other night. Continue on, brother. Of these, these things, put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun verse, pro- verse 19. Verse 19. Okay. This is what I wanted to get to. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now watch this close, verse 20. But in a great house... A great house? Well, didn't we just read about a house back over in Luke? If you would have paid, if you would have thought, what house is he talking about? And you would have typed house into your concordance or looked it up in your concordance. Then you would have run across this verse in Timothy right here, Second Timothy 2. Well, let's see about this house. It's the household of God, folks, is what it is. Watch what happens. Go ahead. 
But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Amen. Amen. Back to Luke 12. Folks, I'm giving you some stuff that you ought to write down and study, and you will, and enlightenment will come to your eyes about true doctrine. Okay, not no, not just white is right, Jew is bad. Stuff that'll help you unto godliness in this life, and also that's in the life to come. That's all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. Okay, brother. Verse 43. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Mm. But. Remember that ruler over that house? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What did Paul just tell you about purging yourself? Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead, brother. But. And if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew the Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Do you folks know who he's talking to? Do you know who asked the question? Who asked the question, Brother David? Peter. That's right. Do you see the severity coming down through your folks? I must say, he's not talking, pointing himself with unbelievers. He didn't say nothing about sinning, throwing anybody in hell. He's talking. He's answering Peter's question, or he's not answering directly. See, it's a lack of answer. This is spiritual understanding that comes through here. Peter don't have a clue that the Lord, what the Lord's saying. None. Not whatsoever. And I'm of the opinion the Lord didn't expect him to understand. The Lord did that many, 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 many times in the Gospels. He even told them one time, you can't, you're not able to bear this stuff right now. The Lord, Lord just flat says that. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. Okay. And to whom? Go, go ahead and finish the last part of that. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Okay. To whom much is given, folks, much is required. You don't go into a job, and a servant is is a job position. It's a working position. You don't go in there under expectations. You go under that as a servant or a bond slave. That's what this is, a doulos. 
You go in under requirements. These wicked translations that have taken required and put expected there, trying to cut away the severity of how much the regulations are for the doulos, the slave servant. And that's why it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck to hear somebody say, to whom much is given, much is expected. Do you, under, do you see the difference in the two words, Brother David? Yes. Requirement puts the severity and certainty of it where expected just as a ho-hum. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't, it doesn't have the force. The words don't have the force. You mess with the book, folks, and you'll get messed with yourself. Period. Now, he talks about these servants, some getting a bunch of stripes, some getting portion, a portion with the unbelievers, and some getting few stripes because they didn't have the knowledge. They didn't know the truth in a more perfect way. So they get few stripes. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3. Start with verse 11, and I'll, re- I'll show you some, some suffering loss. I'll show you, these are believers here. This is the judgment seat of Christ. There ain't a lost person in this judgment. Period. Start at verse 11 and read on, brother. Okay. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. You see, that guy suffers loss, but he gets no reward. And it got, everything he's done goes up in fire. That's the judgment seat of Christ. That's a believer's judgment. That's Christ's own. That's his own jewels right there. Better getting judged by fire. Turn to first second Corinthians chapter five, brother, and read that. You think that fire is just a ho hum? That it's not going to touch you? Think these stripes are just idioms or some kind of metaphors? I don't think so. Second Corinthians 5, brother, verse... Oh, second, sorry. Second Corinthians 5, verse 15, I believe that's the verse. Okay. For we all must stand before... Verse 10, verse 10, brother. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done. Okay, you see, back in chapter 3, he's talking to the Corinthians. In chapter 3, he told you there's going to receive for the things done in the body, the works done in the body. This has nothing to do with the soul. This has nothing to do whether they're saved or not. Their, their, Their sonship standing has nothing to do with it at all. Remember, they suffered loss, but they'll be saved. They're still the son. They're still in the body, but they suffer loss. It then comes out of the fire. All right. 
Now see what Paul finishes this out in 1 Corinthians 5, brother. Go ahead. Whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's good. Uh, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord. Folks, you want me to you will go to your concordance and see what the word terror means. It means exactly what you think it means, okay? It means exactly in the Greek what it means in English. It's bad news. Do you think these stripes over here in Luke 12 are something to play with? What would you think about somebody? How would you treat a, a teacher if he, if if you got had to go through that mess and you go through that mess, all right, and he didn't have the guts enough to tell you the truth about what's coming? You think he loves you? You think he cares about you? I wonder if all he spent all of his time talking about white, right, Jew, bad. I wonder if that's all the time he took. He spent talking about you about national Israel. I wonder if that's all the time he did. He spent all his time talking about that. Hmm? What would you think of him after going through the fire and going through the stripes, huh? Reckon you'd hug his neck? Too much is given, folks. Much is required. Not expected. Back to Luke 12, brother. Let's finish this on out. Okay. Verse 49. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? If it be already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? That baptism there is one of the seven baptisms, folks. And this is a baptism of suffering. And the Lord goes through it. And in another place, the Lord is talking to the disciples. And he says, I have, to be bapti- I have a, a baptism to be baptized with that you're not, be, you're not able to, to do. And then they said, we're able, Lord. And the Lord turns right around and says, well, yep, you will go through it. And every one of them did. Every one of them went through a baptism of suffering. And that's what three-quarters of the New Testament teaches and the Pauline epistles teach. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand Christian doctrine, Bible-believing Christian doctrine, if you don't get that one. Period. Go ahead, brother. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell ye, nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house, divided, three against two, and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Amen, 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 amen. I've seen this happen over and over again. And I've seen people compromise. They've compromised their Christian standing. They've compromised their testimony and witness for the Lord Jesus Christ for the love of family. Christ said he come to divide. Brother Brian knows real good and proper what this is all about because he has to go through it every day over there in the U.K. I've had a good taste of this myself. i totally divided. My family's totally divided. I understand it completely. It means just what it says. And if you're working around and compromising and keeping your mouth shut just for family's sake, 
when you don't have to do it? Well, let the Spirit of God talk to you about that. Go ahead, brother. And he said also to the people, when ye see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, there cometh a shower, and so it does. And when ye see the south wind blow, ye say, there will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yea, and why, even of yourselves, judge ye not what is right? When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hate thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thee, thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last might. Warning, 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 warning. I told you that this chapter was a kicker. I warned you when we started it, folks. And Brother David told you who he was talking to. be something to think about, right? Sure Heavenly, Heavenly Father, I pray, Father, that you take the words that's been said tonight, Father, as rambling as though they may be, Father, and incoherent sometimes, Father. I pray that you take your precious book, and may the Spirit of God take this book and burn it into the hearts of the listeners, Father. Yes. For the downloaders, may it accomplish that which you set it out to do, and we have your promise that you will do. For where the word of God will never return void, Father, but it'll always come back. It'll accomplish that for what you send it out to do. Father, I pray for each one of those folks in the chat room that you would bless them, Lord God. Show them what true blessings are, the spiritual blessings that we have in heavenly places, Lord. Bless each and every one of them. Bless their families. Watch over them. Take care of them, Father. Help them to understand that going through this life is not a bed of roses, that having a bunch of money or having everything going wonderful does not always add up to blessings, Father. Does not always add up to blessings. If anybody could get anything from this lesson tonight, let them understand that, Father. That's not what you put us down here for. Not in this perfecting process that Paul talks about in the epistles, Father. You don't get to per- you don't go through a perfecting process by having everything like you like it and everything going your way. It's just not the way it's supposed to be. Not if we're yours, Lord. Not if the Spirit of God dwells in us. And Father, we pray that you get all the honor and glory over everything that's been done tonight. For it's the name it's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we ask it for His sake and for His sake alone. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, folks. Uh, that's it for tonight. And if there's no, if there are any questions in the chat room, brother Kevin. Yes, sir. No questions. Well, folks. Yeah, yeah. Just a second. If okay. um, if there's no questions in the chat room, then tomorrow night we will meet back tomorrow night, Lord willing, my health permitting, and we will pick back up with the timeline of deception tomorrow night. And I may ask you some questions about what you come up with with those words I told you to study. Let me give you one more hint, 
about that bride and bridegroom. I'll just go ahead and tell you something. All right? And then after you study the bride and bridegroom and the marriage, and you study that out a little bit, the whole book that hardly nobody likes to deal with, the whole book, the Song of Solomon, is about you. I just thought I'd throw that nugget in there. The whole book of the Song of Solomon is about you. Check it out. Check it out. Go ahead, Brother David. I'm just making a note here. Okay. Uh, Contact information. For Don Spears Ministry, telephone number 334-397-2333. That's 334-397-2333. The email is joydon1953. That's 1953 at yahoo.com. Joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Mailing address 3155. Louisville Street, Apartment D, 1. That's D as in Don, 1. Clio, Alabama, C-L-I-O, Clio, Alabama, 36017, 36017. Thank you for listening to the teaching tonight. Thank you, Brother David. Good job. Thank you, Brother Kevin. Excellent job as always. I appreciate you folks being there tonight. I appreciate your faithfulness, and may God bless each and every one of you. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, folks. Good night, all. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.